Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue. It is Sunday the 29th of September. My name's Heather. And I'm Erin. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM. You could also be listening online, podcasting, digital radio. There are so many ways you should definitely listen to us. Absolutely. Well, today's show, we are going to be doing a bit of a recap about the climate strikes that have been happening worldwide, which have been absolutely incredible. And we're going to touch a little bit on where Australia sits because uh, ScoMo has said that he's a little disappointed with how the world is viewing us. We're just going to have a quick look at whether that is justified or not. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM, 3CR's Marine and Ocean News Program. So welcome to Out of the Blue. Before we start our show, we would obviously like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land from which 3CR is broadcasting and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. So it is Sunday the 29th of September. The weather today is meant to be a maximum of 16 degrees, not particularly nice. Uh, with winds west to southwesterly. So for anyone who's looking for some snorkeling or maybe a bit of scuba diving, probably looking around the Geelong side of the bay today. But obviously always keep an eye out on the conditions and if the weather changes, be ready to leave. So this week has been pretty crazy, not mm. talking about the football and the annihilation of the Giants last night. Now, I'm not the biggest footy fan, but... Dull. That's the word I'd have to use to describe. I mean, exciting if you're a Richmond fan. I mean, you knew you were going to win from halftime. Time to celebrate. Yeah. But what a boring game. <laughs> yeah, it was. Look, congratulations, Richmond. But in all yeah. honesty, just 
Wow. And good on the uh, GWS to get there. Uh, first grand final, but um, two goals. Was that it? It was two yeah, goals, a couple of points? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be yeah. honest, I tuned out. <laughs> but what I was interested is the fact that at the MCG yesterday, the home of football, there were 100,014 people in the G, which I thought was a very odd number. I wondered how they counted 14. That. Yes, an extra 14. Okay, all right. 100,014. Um, and it made me think that Friday a week ago, there was the same number of people in the Treasury Gardens for the climate strike. They had over 100,000 people in Melbourne all rallying together to say that we're not happy with what our politicians and global politicians are doing about climate change. It's absolutely incredible. You think about that number of people rallying together for a common cause. There are lots of rallies quite frequently, I think, in Melbourne, but this one obviously quite an important one, 100,000 people. And it's not just here, of course, not just Melbourne. No, 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 no. It's been an entire week of action. So I've seen photos from Rome this morning. It was absolutely jam-packed. Um, Montreal in Canada is saying that they got 500,000 people. Wow. Um, I heard that Hobart, 10% of the population was out there at their rally. It's just, I mean, that's crazy. And now how many is that? Is that about 100 people? I'm hey, sure. be nice. Hobart's gorgeous. <laughs> it is. It so is people have rallied together and they're now saying, and again, I, I'm not 100% sure how they go about counting people. I'm assuming yeah. it's like an aerial survey like you would do with animals. I've been, I'm one of those people who go into a room and I couldn't tell you how many people are in that room. So I, I'd be hopeless at this. Yes, how but do they But they're saying about 7 million people worldwide have joined in the protests this week. Wow. Yeah. Seven million people for a common cause. Yeah. Rallying together. You'd really hope that that would bring around some positive change. I hope so. And look, it was amazing to see how many kids were out there. I saw kids in prams being pushed around and they were holding banners. Some of them had fallen asleep with banners on them, but I still feel like they were part of it. Have they been taken against their will? If they're <laughs> no. in a pram, if they're asleep, do they really know what's going on? <laughs> um, you know, one of the posters I saw that I really loved was, it was something along the lines of, the planet is getting hotter than young Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there was some really interesting stuff, but the fact that it engaged kids, and I've got some friends who were like, oh, yeah, you know, they just wanted a day off school. Okay, to be fair, maybe they did. But if they just wanted a day off school, they could have gone anywhere. That's right. And they, they didn't still know to, chose to turn up at the park. They didn't know to go into a packed area no. with 100,000 people and stand around for a couple of hours listening to something that is very important. Exactly. And then, of course, we've had the climate summer over in New York where Greta has given her impassioned speech. Wow. How dare you? <laughs> Me or, or her speech? Well, no, not you. Obviously, speech, I'm not speech. directing that at you. Um, but that was the main point of her speech. How dare you? It was quite a, a very, very blunt speech. Uh, I believe it was a, a welcome change, a bit of a fresh change to see that on a world stage. Of course, it did get its negative remarks. We'll touch on that very soon. But I think it was a bit of a change from the just the sort of the argy-bargy sort of wish-washy language that you can hear at these sort of conferences. That's true. Sometimes I think we're so afraid to just say exactly what the problem is. And she just cut right to the chase. And I love the fact that she was in the foyer of the UN when Trump came through. Did you see the glare she gave him? I think everyone's seen that picture. <laughs> I love that. If looks could kill. Wow. So she's stood up. And you know what? That must be really daunting. I've seen the photos of her first day of her protest. And it's literally her just sitting there with a sign. Yeah. And she's gone from that 
to speaking to the UN with her impassioned speech, basically telling the world, how dare you? I should be in school. I should be studying. And instead, I'm here telling you that you are doing an absolutely atrocious job of looking after our planet, all because you want to keep lining your pockets with money. It's incredible. Remember, this girl is 16. Yeah. 16. She's very young. And to get up there... It- Wow, that's um, that's very brave. I mean, 16, I didn't like standing up in front of my class in an English essay. That's right. Having yeah. to do a speech, like, and she's standing up in front of Addressing the Addressing the UN. <laughs> and she just got the key to Montreal from the mayor. I just saw that on Facebook this morning. I was like, good on I've her. always wondered about those. What do they do? Like, I always like to think it's like a chocolate key chocolate that you key. can okay. eat. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it was. It was framed. I would it like to go cool. into the bank now, into the vault. It's a key. It's the key to the city. <laughs> All right. But, of course, Greta's speech did attract a whole lot of negative comments. So, look, I won't go through them because there were some outright atrocious and vile comments out there. Uh, Online trolls are very active. Uh, But even world leaders, they just Mm. really dismissed what she was saying. A lot of uh, common right-wing media, very stereotypical, very – of of course they're going to say this – calling her anxious, calling her – speaking about her mental illness. Uh, It was just a bit – Lackluster. It was a bit predictable. Uh, yeah. I mean, haters going to hate. Haters going to hate. That's how it works. But, I mean, she's just speaking the truth. She is speaking the, the truth. Or the way she views it, which now, is completely fine. Climate science is something that is very, very complicated. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I can actually speak to you and convince you one way or the other. But it is an incredibly complex uh, modelling system and there are so many different facets to, to look at. So what I would like to do, rather than actually highlight a lot of those vile comments, those negative comments, just basically saying she's anxious, uh, is actually just bring your attention to a, a report that recently came out. Now, this is a credible report. This is by the IPCC, the International Panel of Climate Change. Um, you know, this is a pretty credible source. Uh, the paper uh, consisted of 104 scientists, 36 countries, and referenced over 7,000 pa- papers. So 104 scientists, 36 countries. This 7, is a thou- No, the 7,000 papers now, is the bit that astounds me. That was the one that astounded me as well. I mean, that's a lot. But look, it is a credible source. What they've found is that the actual state, the states, um, the oceans and frozen areas around the world, they can absorb up to 90% of the natural climate system. So excess heat, carbon dioxide, that sort of thing. And it does make it incredibly vulnerable to climate change. So climate change principally affects our ocean. We've heard about a lot of the effects. uh, We've spoken about it here, but it can really affect the ocean. It can also absorb, and we've known this for a long time, about 30 to 40% of the CO2 from human-driven production. So that's not good. No. Um, imagine you've got a system. You've got, you're putting in 100% and you're taking out 100%. And then every single year, you're putting an extra 3% in. Just an extra 3%, extra 3%. Doesn't it builds seem up, that much, it but accumulates. It, yep. it accumulates. Now, what they've actually said is that this is not very good because this is increasing. Um, they believe this is um, the warming has actually doubled since 1993, and uh, which is not good. By if we go up, keep going up, uh, if we actually raise our global temperatures by 1.5 degrees, then the Arctic is going to be ice-free once every 100 years. Now, that might not sound like much, but it's never ice-free. No. Uh, and if we go up to by 2 degrees, it'll be ice-free roughly every three years. Every three years. So half a degree more takes it from being ice-free once in 100 years to once every three years. 1.5 degrees higher. And then that's right. Yeah. yeah and then the extra 0.5 on top of that. Uh, I wow. think that really illustrates... That small difference, that small change, the impact that it can have, which is quite incredible. Mm. Yeah. Now, in terms of New York, our Prime Minister, Scott oh, yes. Morrison, ScoMo, 
Love uh, ScoMo. Is over there at the moment, or at least he was. I'm I'm not sure of his day-to-day schedule. Um, but he was over in New York and he has copped a lot of criticism about what Australia is doing and what we are not doing. He's basically come out and said a lot of comments. Uh, he really wants to put Australia in a good light and say that we're meeting our targets and we're doing a really great job for climate. Well, what he did tell the General Assembly was, quote, Australia's internal and global critics on climate change willingly overlook or perhaps ignore our achievements as the facts simply don't fit the narrative that they wish to project of our contribution. It almost sounds like he's saying fake news without saying fake news. Yeah, pretty much. So we are a massive nation in the Pacific. Countries are going to look towards us for help. And many of our Pacific neighbours are having dire effects on their countries because of climate change. So one of the things he has said is that Australia is uh, has made its last payment to the Global Green Climate Fund. I see. Now, that sounds bad. Yes. We're not paying anymore. But we're redirecting that $500 million to the Pacific to help those nations and their resilience. That sounds great on the surface. Now, helping resilience is great. Don't get me wrong. We want to make sure that everyone's going to survive. But it's a little bit like if your bath is overflowing, you don't go and get a mop to clean up the water on the floor. You turn off the tap. So what he's doing is helping them deal with the problem, but we're not necessarily addressing the problem. Which means you can build resilience all you want, but if the problems keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, at some point resilience isn't going to be enough. At some point, their islands are going to go under. <laughs> Which is pretty extreme. It is. Well, we are going to go to a quick song, and I've chosen this song because I saw it on so many banners at the climate strike the other day. It is Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil.
3CR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline and keep our culture going strong. Of course a lot of the Aboriginals having been stolen were put into state care and also others the recognition were... of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. Well, that was obviously Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. So welcome back to Out of the Blue. You are listening to 3CR 855 AM. You could also be listening online, podcasting, digital radio. There's so many ways to listen to not only Out of the Blue, but also all your favourite 3CR programs. So today we are talking about Australia's involvement with uh, the climate summit and also the worldwide strikes that have been happening this week, which has really mobilised individual voices and bound everybody together so that together our voice can be heard on a much larger scale. Which is fantastic. It has also mobilised another voice, and that is our wonderful Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. ScoMo. Scomo. I love how all our Prime Ministers have nicknames. It's just, it's brilliant. It's <laughs> such an Aussie way to do it. Now, it, part of his address, he'd, he'd look up the entire address, but part of his address to the UN was uh, actually speaking about climate change uh, and 
basically saying that Australia is doing our bit on climate change and that he rejects any suggestions to the contrary and that we're successfully balancing our global responsibilities with sensible and practical policies. However, he also mentions that uh, our Great Barrier Reef is pristine. Um, but uh, mm, I feel like there's a lot of people saying it's not. Yeah, I mean, let's just... Um, sort of forgetting the two major coral bleaching recent events mm. uh, and the downgrading to very poor by a couple of institutions. Yeah. Uh, and let's not forget that Australia is the third largest exporter of fossil fuels. I mean, no wonder we're pushing coal all the time. That's where uh, a lot of people get yeah. their money. Uh, but this is not just my opinion. The CEO of the Climate Council has actually come out and said that Scott Morrison's UN speech was colossal bullshit. And, uh, Beautiful. That's that's not pulling any punches. <laughs> no, no, that's just say it as it is. Look, you can look this report up, but uh, basically she says a lot of what he says is misleading, bending the truth and outright lies. It is quite incredible from the CEO of this organisation. Well, we were having a quick chat before we went on air and Scott Morrison did tell the UN that Australia would beat its 2020 Kyoto targets, which I think you and I both agreed were quite low targets. Quite low. And th- you can look this up. It's quite um, well known that these are pretty dubious targets to we start with. We weren't really challenging ourselves no. <laughs> much. Um, and also claimed that we would make our 2030 Paris pledge. But not only would we meet our 2030 commitments, and this is a quote from Mr. Morrison, I suspect we will hopefully be able to do better than that. Suspect, hopefully. Doesn't really feel... Fill you with no, confidence? I'm not filled with confidence. No, <laughs> no, I feel like it's like, look, we'll probably get there, but if we don't, you know, we tried real hard. And you yeah. know, the UN doesn't oh, give well, out we participation tried. medals. <laughs> we need to be meeting our maybe, targets. Maybe we need to have them. <laughs> well, maybe. So one of the things that we always like to uh, to tell people is, you know, every single person can have a voice, and you don't have to gather at a climate strike with, you know, tens of thousands of people to have your voice heard. All of us have local governments. You can write to your local politician. And as far as I'm aware, they have to write back. Really? They have to, I, I read somewhere that they have to respond to you. That, so, just, that just fills me with all sorts you know, of ideas. Don't, <laughs> the oh, that I can write. that's not going to be good. <laughs> if Aaron's not here next show, he's been arrested. Um, so obviously... Don't go out there and be aggressive. Aggression doesn't usually get people anywhere. No, absolutely not. We do need respectable debate about these issues. So you just need to be articulate with your argument and explain why in your local electorate you feel like your politicians should do more to represent you because that's what they're there for. We vote for them and they are meant to represent us. And I feel like sometimes... Our politicians don't do a great job of representing us. Now, Scott Morrison has obviously said that we are going to meet our targets. He at least acknowledges that climate change is real. There are other world leaders, some who think they rule the world, who have said that climate change is actually a hoax and has been invented by the Chinese. Whoever these people are, whoever you're referring to, now they say luckily a lot of silly that's stuff. not what our prime minister views. So already we're a little bit ahead of some countries around the world. But if we keep setting these really low targets, do we have the right to celebrate when we meet them? That's right. I mean, if a you set the bar board. so low that you are always going to meet it, then what is the point? We need to be looking to our island nations out in the Pacific and going, well, you know what? We don't want to just help you with your resilience. I mean, we'll help you deal with what's 
already come. But let's work together and let's lead the way and show that we are willing to make some aggressive targets that we will also meet. I absolutely agree. And just to um, just to give you a bit of perspective of this, uh, the Climate Council has come out and said that uh, Australia's climate um, reduction targets, the emission reduction targets, actually one of the weakest amongst developed countries. That's 26 to 28% below 2005 levels by 2030. That's uh, and this is the Climate Council, the Australia's leading climate change communication organisation, actually saying that we have one of the weakest in the developed countries of all the developed countries. Now that's terrible because as a nation we see ourselves as pretty strong. Yes. I mean we've got the Anzac spirit. We're always there to help out a mate. Yet it seems in this situation we would prefer to line our pockets with money than we would to help out our mates. Look, I would like some money. Give me some money. <laughs> <laughs> but we do need to think about the greater good here. Yeah, exactly. So, you know what? Go out there, write some letters, do it old school if you want. Or you can send an email. All the politicians also have offices. You can actually go in and hand deliver your letter if you would like. But you can make your voice heard and let them know that you don't think our targets are appropriate. And if your local government isn't really doing anything about renewables, you know, a lot of Buildings now are getting vertical gardens or they're getting um, solar panels, all these sorts of things. I've been in um, South Australia a lot these last couple of weeks and they have some massive wind farms, which I found out that all the power generated comes across to Victoria. So I sort of felt a bit bad for the South Australians. Oh, right. Okay. But they're on the right track. (laughs) (laughs) Yay for Victoria. I felt terrible that we're poaching their power, (laughs) but uh, apparently that's what's happening. So Victoria's doing a good job by stealing it? I don't know what we're doing. Unfortunately, though, that does bring us to the end of the show. So go out there and have your voice heard. If you were at the climate strike, fantastic, but don't let your action finish there. There is so much more we we need to keep doing and we need to keep that pressure up. Otherwise, it'll just be a blip on the radar that just disappears silently. Well said. Thanks. Well, if you need to listen to any of our other shows, you can podcast us and listen to us online. Otherwise, enjoy your Sunday and coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. Have a great day. Bye-bye. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.